Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Kaderna podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna. So if you're new to the show, you're going to quickly realize that we toggle back and forth between personal finance and just about everything else. Remember, the purpose of this program is to achieve wealth in its original meaning, which is a state of well-being. So while money is certainly important, it is just one spoke of the wheel. And that's why we cover such a broad array of topics and have so many unique guests here on the show. But with that said, every once in a while, I like to bring it back to my bread and butter as a financial advisor and talk on personal finance. So that's what we're going to do in today's episode. Today, we're going to hone in on what is a RILA and why retirees should know about them. So if you don't know that acronym, I'm going to give you a quick hint in our intro. A RILA is a type of an annuity. And if you're wondering what's an annuity and what does that mean to personal finance, let me lead in with the fact that according to LIMRA, which is the Life Insurance Marketing and Research Association, over $182 billion of new annuity sales occurred in the first half of this year alone. So whenever we see such a huge number, such a huge sales figure, I think it's worth paying attention to and kind of understanding what's going on there. But first off, as a starting point, let's define exactly what an annuity is. An annuity is an insurance contract which is issued and distributed by financial institutions with the intention of paying out invested funds in a fixed income stream in the future, okay? And if you're asking yourself, well, are annuities a, a new thing or an old thing? The answer is a little bit of both, okay? Annuities were first introduced here in America in 1759 when Presbyterian ministers in Pennsylvania came together and contributed to a pooled fund in exchange for lifetime payments. Okay, so they were almost creating their own sort of pension uh, through this annuity that they teamed up and said, we'll put some of our money in there, and then these ministers at some point will be able to retire and still be able to live and pay their bills and so forth in their later ages. Then we fast forward a bit to 1812, and the Pennsylvania Company for Insurance on Lives and Granting Annuities was founded and they began offering just such products, annuities, to the general public. All right, so that's kind of the origination of the annuity. If you're familiar with the term, it does resemble what's going on you know, now 200 years later, uh, but there's certainly a lot of differences too, which we're gonna get into today. So according to the latest data from LIMRA, there's roughly $3.2 trillion invested in annuities. All right, a huge, huge figure. And so how is that broken up? Of that massive sum, $520 billion are in fixed annuities, about $585 billion in indexed annuities, and a whopping $2.1 trillion in variable annuities. And then just to enhance retirement planning options a step further, the 2010s introduced a new product called the RILA. So without further ado, let's dive into what exactly that is and what it means to retirees today. Is going to require work and time and sweat and toil. If money wasn't an issue, what would I be doing? Don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. Change is the only constant. The Kadena Podcast. All right, so what is a RILA? RILA stands for Registered Index Linked Annuity. RILAs are now the fastest growing segment of the annuity marketplace and are on pace to have another record setting year here in 2023. 
All right, so registered index linked annuity, what exactly does that mean? It means that the returns in that annuity are going to be based on the performance on an underlying index that the annuity owner chooses. Okay, the most common one that's referenced or cited is the S&P 500. So based on how the S&P 500 performs while that annuity holder is invested and chooses that index, that's going to dictate to a large extent their performance in their particular annuity. Now, it's important to remember that it is not a stock market investment and does not participate directly in a particular stock or equity investment. It's simply tracking that index or indexes that they so choose. Now, similar to other annuities, there are some similarities here. RIWAs can grow tax deferred, and they do provide the ability to convert the annuity into a stream of income payments in retirement through an annuitization process. And remember, that's very important because that can address longevity risk, okay? As more and more people are retiring today, and fortunately, they're living longer and longer, but that sometimes is an unfortunate instance when we're talking about finance, is as we live longer and longer, we need money to be able to keep up with that. All right, so one of the best ways or most notable ways of doing that is through Social Security. It's still the largest source of retiree income today. And we know that once we start collecting Social Security in retirement, we will receive that check every month until the day that we pass on. All right, similar to that could be defined benefit pension plans. And then lastly, we have annuities. All right, annuities are meant to serve that original purpose of a fixed stream of income throughout retirement. So RILAs still carry that capability. Now, what separates RILAs from the pack, from typical fixed or variable annuities, the most notable feature is what's often referred to as a buffer, okay? What the buffer can do is essentially offset some of the potential losses that that annuity holder would typically realize if they were just to invest in that underlying index. All right, so what does that mean? Let me give you a, a couple quick examples just to lay some context to the situation. Let's assume a sample RILA offers a 10% annual buffer against the S&P 500 index performance, okay? So let's take scenario one. During the annuity owner's contract year, and remember the contract year, it's not the calendar year, it's not January 1st to December 31st, it's the actual date that their contract was issued till 12 months thereafter, okay? So that's the contract year. So during that annuity owner's contract year, the S&P 500 returns a negative 7% loss, okay? Now, due to the 10% buffer that their RILA has as that unique feature, the annuity owner would not recognize a market loss in that year. Remember, there's a 10% buffer there. So essentially, they're absorbing losses up to the first 10% in that contract year. All right, so from beginning to end of that year, the S&P 500 went down 7%. The annuity owner does not realize any market loss because it's within that 10% buffer. Now let's look at scenario two. All right, during the annuity's contract year, the S&P 500 realizes a loss of negative 22%. All right, so after the 10% buffer is implemented in that contract year, the annuity owner would recognize a negative 12% market loss for the contract year. So what does that mean? There's 
I guess you could say a good and a bad to this feature here. The good side is if they had invested outright in the S&P 500, they would have realized a loss of 22%. So the good thing about the buffer is that gave us that 10% buffer so that our market loss in that time frame was just 12%. It served its purpose in that regard. It offset some of those potential losses. Now, the downside here, particularly versus, say, a fixed annuity or some sort of safer investment like a treasury or a CD or something to that effect, is that there is potential for unlimited losses beyond that buffer. All right. So as you could see there, there was a 22% loss in the S&P that year. And because of the 10% buffer, that annuity owner realized a 12% market loss. Now, what if there was a 30% or a 40% loss in the S&P 500 in that time frame? You could see instead of them having that negative 12% loss, that could be negative 22, negative 32. It's essentially in that simple scenario, just 10% off of whatever that larger loss would have been. Okay, so it's a buffer. It's not a cure-all when you're talking about downside risk. So important to recognize that. So another thing just to note, if you are a RILA owner, is you're going to watch your contract gain or lose value during your strategy term, okay? The strategy term, the most common is going to be annually, meaning every contract year, you're essentially looking at the performance of that index or indexes. And then at the end of that contract year, that's when you're going to see your buffer take effect in the event there was a down market in that year. All right. But there are also two-year strategies, three-year strategies, and beyond. So there's a lot of different ways that you can kind of customize these contracts, uh, kind of similar to other variable annuities, fixed annuities, and such that have different riders uh, where you can really customize it. And it's almost like being at the, uh, the counter at the Sunday bar where you can throw on all different toppings and create this, you know, beautiful Sunday that's your own. The annuity marketplace, as it's gotten much, much bigger, like I alluded to in our intro, it's also gotten much more complex, right, for better or worse. So there's a lot of different variations here where one RILA to the next could look completely different. And it's very important that annuity or prospective annuity owners understand what those differences are and how to use them for their advantage. And that's what's critical about working with you know, a accredited professional such as a CFP. All right, so that's important to understand is that you're gonna see that up and down within your strategy term. And it's not until the end of that strategy term that you're gonna realize the true buffer protection or the growth potential that occurred over those uh, months or years. So what are some of the pros and cons here of the RILA? You know, first off, I, I, let's look at what the cons are, all right? You're saying, hey, you're willing to let me invest in these indexes, be a participant in the stock market, but you're offering these buffers where you're taking on, or the insurance company is taking on a lot of the downside risk, all right? So it can't be too good to be true, all right? So what we say here is there's essentially three things I think we really, really want to be aware of. Uh, that we could say are the cons or the negative side of things. Number one, there's going to be a ceiling or an upper limit to that potential market gain. So it's not like most of these contracts will give you that sample 10% buffer and then say, hey, if it's a good year, sky's the limit. 
All right, so let's assume that the annuity, that same sample one we were just describing, has a 20% cap on their S&P 500 one-year strategy. What that means is that if the index gains less than that ceiling, all right, then all of that market return can be realized. But if the index has a banner year and returns higher than that ceiling, all right, say over that, that annuity owner's uh, 12-month contract year, the S&P 500 had a 25% gain. All right, well, what that means is that they essentially hit the ceiling, they hit that upper limit within their contract year. And so instead of realizing a 25% gain, they would then realize the 20% market gain. Okay, so that ceiling, that's one thing. That's the first thing to recognize. Number two, the RILA can have an annuity product fee. All right, so sometimes we say it's not that it's too good to be true, it's too good to be free, okay? So hypothetically, let's say that Arila has a 1.25% product fee. What that essentially means is if I was to invest outright in the S&P 500 over that same time frame, okay, and the market was positive, I might realize a lower net gain inside the annuity than as if I had just invested outright in the S&P 500 index fund. Because let's say if that has, again, a sample 1.25% product fee, then we're going to deduct that annually off of the performance of that underlying index. Okay, so again, if we're just in a, a perfect world where every year the market's going up, investing directly in that index should yield a better net return than being in the annuity with that product fee. But of course, does the stock market always go up? No, it doesn't. We, you know, we have ups and downs. There's inherently risk involved in that. And that's where some of the RILA comes in to say, okay, we're giving you a buffer. We're going to offset those down years so that may be able to instill some more confidence to say, okay, I can invest in the stock market and I can stay the course because I have some of that downside protection there. All right. So remember, number one, there's going to be a cap to our gains. Number two, there's going to be an annuity product fee. And that, of course, can vary from carrier to carrier, product to product. And then last but not least, most annuities are going to carry a surrender period. All right, so it's important for prospective annuity owners to remember that if they need to make a withdrawal within that surrender period, they could be subject to what are called contingent deferred surrender charges, or CDSC. All right, so let's assume that that sample annuity has a six-year surrender period. If, you know, something struck and I needed all of that money quickly in year three or year four, and I need to liquidate or take a very large withdrawal from it, then some of that could be subject to a surrender charge. Furthermore, like all annuities, if withdrawals are, withdrawals are taken prior to age 59 and a half, they could be subject to an additional 10% federal tax penalty in addition to their ordinary income taxes, okay? So whenever you look into an annuity, you'll often see a disclosure there that one, they're retirement products, that was their original design, and two, they are considered long-term investments, okay? So money that we wanna keep very liquid is typically not best served to go into any annuity, including the RILA. With these pros and cons in mind, prospective RILA investors should recognize the annuity as a long-term investment for retirement. 
I can't emphasize that point enough. And furthermore, the RIWA may not be suitable for everyone. Some cases where it's not applicable is let's assume that your risk tolerance is high enough that it warrants investing directly in the stock market indexes at a lower fee without the annuity product fee and with unlimited upside potential. Okay. So assuming that there's not a concern for downside protection because you're a very aggressive investor, you have a long-term horizon, you have ample liquidity elsewhere, you could say, I want to try and swing for the fences, if you will, and you don't have to worry about the product fee or that ceiling or upper limit. So if we do have those banner years in the stock market, you could fully realize it. All right. So those are two concerns where the RIWA may not be as attractive is if the buffer does not appeal to us and we're upset about the product fee and that upper limit capping some of our gains. Furthermore, let's assume that you don't have a need for lifetime annuity income. You're saying that social security or pension payments and things like that are adequate and you don't have a need to supplement that. Then the annuitization feature of all annuities, again, that loses some attractiveness as well. All right. So in short, the Ryla, the Ryla, it's a tongue twister. The Ryla can offer a lot of advantages for a lot of retirees out there. Okay. It can give you that tax deferral. It can give you that buffer against downside and it can address longevity risk by giving you that lifetime stream of income payments. That's why we've seen such tremendous inflows into this relatively new annuity product. But again, not for everyone. Let's always remember there's going to be a product fee, there's going to be an upper limit, and it's a longer term investment with potential surrender charges applicable. So for that reason, individuals should always review their plans on a case-by-case -case basis with professional assistance, and you must consider con consulting your attorney or tax advisor for specific tax or legal advice. All right, so I hope you found this informative. And if you'd like to learn more, you know, please uh, maybe just go back and re-listen to this. I know that we went through a number of different hypothetical scenarios and uh, it's still relatively new. Again, the RILA only came out in the 2010s. So while it's garnering a ton of attention, please do get educated, learn about these things. And that's what we're going to continue to do here on the show. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Kaderna podcast. I'm Brian Kaderna. And wherever you're listening or if you're watching on YouTube, please remember to subscribe, leave a review, and tell a friend because we can all afford to learn a little bit more about achieving wealth and its original meaning, a state of well-being. Until next time, be well. This podcast is intended for the general public and for informational purposes only. The show does not provide any recommendations or investment advice regarding any specific account type, service, strategy, or product, or to otherwise act in any fiduciary or other capacity. Please contact a financial professional for guidance and information that is specific to your situation. Brian Kaderna does not provide tax or legal advice. Please contact your accountant or legal advisor to discuss your situation. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Kaderna Financial Team, and opinions stated are their own. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. References to specific securities, asset classes, and financial markets are for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a solicitation, offer, or recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Brian Kaderna is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 300 Broadacres Drive, Suite 175, Bloomfield, New Jersey, 07003. 
Phone number 973-244-4420. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Hiderna Financial Team is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0K04194.